Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Oh, hey, movie goes. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Shabba de Hoo Hoo and Colin. <laughs> <laughs> All right! All right! Shabba de Hoo Hoo. Ooh. Want to listen to the podcast? <laughs> Those two dudes, so hot, want to listen to the podcast. Oh! <laughs> You could do like the water boy voice. Oh yeah. My brother Cassie has recommended a great podcast for That's me. That's little Nikki. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> They're the same thing. No, <laughs> Waterboy is is still like kind of Sandler, but like almost like childlike. So wait, what which movie do you like more? <laughs> Ooh, out of Little Nikki or Waterboy? Yeah. Ooh, probably Waterboy. I think I like Little Nikki more. What? Popeye's chickens in it. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. It's the shiznit. <laughs> that's the shiznit. what saying it. Yeah. Both. They say both in it. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Power Man 5000 is in it. Just a song <laughs> from them. I, I always... This is what it's like when worlds collide. That's Power Man 5000? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Don't it, quote it, me. It might be. But I, I know that song. This might come as a surprise, but I am no expert in regards to Power Man 5000. Yeah, you're more of like a uh, Static X kind of guy. Yeah, more you're of like, like a seether, saliva, puddle of mud-ish kind of fucker. <laughs> you know me. You guys know me by now. You swampies know Three what's Three Days up. Grace, Stained. Stained. Dude, all right. I used to have those Stained albums. <laughs> they slap hard. <laughs> they slap hard. They slap real hard. You had stained jeans. <laughs> Dude. Well, man. All right. Listen, in all fairness, we're 30. Mm-hmm. When that kind of music was super popular, like Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, Bawa to Ba days, not his like current like country gospel thing that he's doing now, you got to admit, it got to you. Oh, I had uh, I had multiple Limp Biscuit albums, dude. I was way into like Corn, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, all of that. What was what was Corn's? It was like was it Freak on a Leash or something? Feel like? like a Freak on a Leash. Then Twisted Transistor. Uh, that was the album after that. This uh, kid, yeah. I'm actually this this kid in high school. I thought this was hilarious. It was so stupid, but I thought this was hilarious. He always wore this corn shirt. Like every like three days, he'd wear the same corn shirt. Yeah. And I would always like see him and I'd be like, "What's up, Kyle? It's a pretty corny shirt you got on." And then, and, oh. and, 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 and but he got so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite band. They need to be taken seriously. <laughs> These guys are amazing. They are amazing, and I'm feeling amazing too, man. Yeah. 
we are starting off 2020. Sorry. I can't, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, that... Uh, for a second, I saw your face, and you were like, "What are you talking? 2020? That's what not is the this? year? I've never even heard of that." Because <laughs> what it what I meant to say was, "Dimidius, Dimidius." So loud. Yeah, sorry. Swampies and your family are gonna hate that. I was gonna say I looked over to see what the spike was. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm sure we peaked that <laughs> microphone real good. Hot mics in here, everybody. But yeah, double deuce. This is actually the first episode we're recording in the double deuce. That's right. But this will be the second review of the double deuce. And I must say, we are starting off this year so much better than we did 2019. Yeah, because the first movie that you and I saw in 2019 on New Year's Day <laughs> was Holmes and Watson. Yeah, you know what's funny? What I feel like, uh, you know, older, you know, comedians that came out Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler when we were like they were big when we were kids. Yeah. So yeah, last year we saw Will Ferrell movie. This year we saw an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, and we will get into all of that when we do our review. We'll see if uh, if he had the same fate as Mr. Farrell did. And Holmes and Watson. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, there's no way it could be any worse than Holmes and Watson. Yeah. I think that won the duty from both of us last year. Yeah. Not was, the duty. The duty. I know the duty. Saying. Yeah. Is there a movie this year that, that could rival that? From 2020? Yeah. Oh, is oh there, you is mean there, from 2019? No, 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 I'm saying, is there a 2019 movie? Because we haven't done our duty awards yet. We haven't done the duties yet. Is there a 2019 movie that could rival the shit show that was Holmes and Watson? Sex Tuplets. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but Netflix movies are not counting I, on our bottom ten. There's list. A few, there's, I don't want to spoil spoil other ones, but I think there's a couple. I think there's a couple. Um, yeah, especially like February was a real bad month for movies. Like I, I'm when I'm going back because I'm going back and I'm watching a lot of movies from earlier in the year that are now popping up on HBO, Amazon, wherever, and I'm noticing there was so much I missed from February. And, I and for a good reason. Yeah, and I should have left it that way. <laughs> but yeah, still punishing ourselves. We are closing in on our deadline. The day that this episode is dropping, I think we will have just one week left to catch up on 2019 movies that we missed, and then we're cutting ourselves off. Yeah, we're putting out the Duty Awards probably about a week or two before the Oscars, like yeah. late January. Yeah, so. I think last year's Duty Awards was the last Wednesday of January, so that's where that's kind of what we're working with. As our time frame, but we're going to cut off our 2019 movies by January 15th. That's our cutoff, mm-hmm. and then we can't count anything else we watch after that. I cannot wait to not watch any more bad movies. Side note, I'm not doing this again for the double deuce. Would, oh, cram in as many as possible? Yeah. Yeah, no. Next, that was a bad idea. Yeah, it was you, really you bad did, idea. This, this is your fault. I know. You're not even really competing with me at all. I'm literally just competing with myself. Well, I was also saying it was your fault because we were like, We'll do Velvet Buzzsaw because Roma, like, we'll do it up to the select Netflix movies, and then you just went apeshit on bad Netflix movies. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. It works, though. <laughs> it works, though. So, I recently watched my 200th movie released in 2019. Nice. Next year, I'm probably just going to try and see the movies that, like, I have any interest like interest yeah. in or, like, like I don't, I don't if there's a movie that I don't want to see, I'm probably not going to go see it. Well, I, I still want to abuse the shit out of the A-list. Yeah. So I'm going to see a lot, but I'm pretty much only going to see, are we doing it for the pod or am I interested, interested in yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then that's it. No more garbage Netflix movies. It's going to be such a relief. I'm going to go back and catch up on all these movies. Like, I'll finally watch Logan Lucky. I'll watch all the movies that we talk about. Or, like, you should check this out. And I'm like, well, it's not from 2019, so I'm <laughs> not going to watch it this year. Yeah, there's there's actually a bunch that I want to watch. And actually, some of them apply to the movie we're going to talk to tonight. Very nice. Uncut gems, baby. Yeah. Very, very excited for this episode. I was going to say, though, how, how have you been? Because did you do anything for New Year's? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> no. It's tough when you have a three-year-old child because... He can't drink? Well, no, he can drink. He just can't hold his liquor. He's a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, step your game up, kid. <laughs> it's just Hennessy. Relax. Yeah, I was going to say, that's when you fucking threw yourself through a table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing is, it's like, we're not going to bring him out till midnight somewhere. Yeah. We don't have cable. We can't watch a ball drop or anything. Although, I will say the last two years, I definitely fell asleep before midnight. This year, we stayed up till midnight, and I think we were just watching The Office. Oh, okay. This year was like a little tough because Brianna and I both had strep throat. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. So, we couldn't really drink. Yeah. But uh, we went out with my brother and his girlfriend, and we, we like had food and like just chilled for a few hours. And we came back, and we watched the ball drop. It was pretty low-key. But yeah. uh, a few days before the new year, uh, my brother got engaged. Oh, yeah. I saw that on the Book of Faces. Yeah. So that was a surprise, and we're super happy about that. Yeah, it's awesome. So, if he was here, I'd congratulate him. Yeah, well, he will be here in a few hours. Oh, we'll see. I'll try to get out of here before then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm trying to skate out of here. But, you know, that that was cool. Very nice. I was surprised this year I was able to stay up. The only reason I was able to be up until midnight is because the next day was Wednesday, and I was still editing the Rise of Skywalker episode. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I was doing dropped. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that to, like, 1030, and then I was like, all right, well, now I... It's only an hour and a half until the fucking thing. So Megan and I were we were drinking our beers and hanging out, and Logan was in his room sleeping. So, yeah, so so you didn't watch any of it. You didn't watch any of it. you missed Post Malone, is what you're telling me. You, yeah, you fucking selfish son of a bitch. I saw some of it. <laughs> I saw a little bit. So I guess you could say I missed most Malone. <laughs> hey oh, that's wow. a solid joke. Most Malone. <laughs> yeah, pat myself on the back real quick. Most Pallone. Wow. I missed most Pallone. Huh. I saw a little. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. Yeah. But yeah, man, 2019, over and done with. We're into the double deuce. I mean, this is a 2019 review. Yes. Technically, yes. (laughs) I think all of our episodes where we're actually reviewing a movie in January are four 2019 movies. Yeah. That being said, we got a lot of special episodes dropping. We do, yeah. Because, like, a couple days after this one release, you might see a little bit of an anniversary episode because your boys just hit one year. Technically, the day that this is dropping is our one-year anniversary, but our anniversary episode will release uh, on Sunday or Monday. I haven't figured it out yet because it depends on how long it takes me to edit it. (laughs) That one, it, that one will be short. That'll, that's just a little, yeah. That's just a little, little uh, something extra for you swampies. Yeah, but I will say you should listen to that because there might be something cool, uh, you know, announced in that episode. Yes, there might sir. be um, some cool stuff like our most anticipated movies of 2020. There might yeah. be some other hidden gems. There might be some uncut. There gems. might be some uncut <laughs> gems in there. We're gonna whip out our dicks and they're gonna be rock hard. Wow. 
That's okay. the uncut gem. I could have swore this was going to be a circumcision movie. Oh, wait. I actually need to tell you this, though. Uh-oh. So, I mean, I already mentioned my brother got engaged. Yeah. But he got engaged a few days after Christmas. When he came back for Christmas, we saw uncut gems on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And big plot point of this movie is an opal. Right. When they came back on the weekend to like, because they didn't, we didn't know that he was going to do that. So they came back on the weekend. They're like, hey, like, you know, we got engaged. Nicole was showing us the ring. And then I was like, what kind of gemstone is that? And Bram was like, it's it's an opal. And I was like, I was oh! like, and I was like, I was like, I said, I was like, the whole time you're watching Uncut Gems, were you just sitting there like thinking about that? I'm like, dope. I was like, you really like that movie? <laughs> yeah, it's a real big fan. Yeah, I know what's going in his top ten for the year. <laughs> but I, I I said I was like, I need to mention that on the uh, the episode for Uncut Gems because I mean, it fits perfect. Yeah how influential this movie is yeah it's literally getting people engaged yeah that's <laughs> what what this movie does but yeah that's what we got going on so stay tuned for that stuff because i'm super excited for that and plus the duties are coming up like there's a lot of non-review episodes we're dropping lately we have the holiday episode we got an anniversary and we got the duties all within like four that's weeks good though other. because january is the slow season and february yeah. is also there there are a few february movies i'm interested in though but this month there's really not much I mean, we don't want to do a cat's review. No, I was gonna say 1917 does go wide, but we already saw it because I mean, you know, <laughs> you know I am I am gonna go see it though next week. I'm gonna see I'm it gonna again too. I want to see if they like changed anything from when we saw it because when we saw it, they like had told us ahead of time. They're like, it's unfinished. Yeah, I mean, the movie like it, the story was finished, but there's like elements to it that weren't. Yeah, I mean, complete. I'll I we can say this now when we saw it. The footage was done because I don't think right. there's any way you could actually cut that movie right. the way it's filmed. <laughs> yeah. So the, they said the CGI wasn't there. There was no credits. They, they actually said the music wasn't done yet. And I thought the music was really good when it was yeah. unfinished. Well, I think it, <laughs> so. I think it might have been a thing where it wasn't like fully mixed. Yeah. Into it. So yeah, I'm very excited to see that. I think that's going to end up being an episode for sure. Yeah. Still, 2019 movie, even though it goes wide in January, it was already playing in mm -hmm. theaters in 2019 and will be in consideration for the Academy Awards. Yep. Uh, same thing, Just Mercy is doing the same thing. Like, I'll go yeah, see that. I want to see that too. But I'll, like 2020 January movies, it's basically The Grudge, Ooh. Like a Boss, Underwater, Doolittle. Woof, man. Bad Dude. Boys for Life. Oh, okay. That's something. Actually, I know one. You want to see The Gentleman. Yeah. Is that January? Yeah, it's January 24th. Okay, so. cool. But yeah, like The Turning doesn't really look all that good. That's that horror movie. Yeah. The Hansel and Gretel movie that literally just got a trailer this week, a month before it's coming out. No, thank like, you. I don't know about that. I don't need that. So I don't know. It's It doesn't look good. So I'm glad that we're doing extra extra episodes and stuff yeah well we got a couple weeks before we even have to worry about watching dog shit 2020 movies <laughs> exactly yeah so i guess that's something to look forward to but you know what's something that i always look forward to and i think you do too what if you don't mind me speaking for you i always look forward to when you fucking swampies feel the the urge the urge to purge. The, the, <laughs> urge to purge your thoughts into Instagram. Yes, yes. <laughs> or shoot us an email or message us. So like we've we've talked about it. We've shouted some people out at the uh the end of our Star Wars episode. Uh but we we were like, you know what, maybe we should shout them out before we get too deep into everything. Yeah. Because like we kept forgetting at the end. Like every time we'd <laughs> we'd finish recording an episode, we'd be like, Oh man, we forgot to shout out that really cool person who said a really nice thing to us. Yeah. 
But um, we we really do appreciate when the Swampies reach out. Also, it's not a competition, Swampies, but you all need to step your game up because we got probably like my favorite message in the world <laughs> I've ever read. It's just that one phrase is just so good. They're just there's just some there's some terminology that really uh really struck me struck my funny bone. Uh, I apologize deeply because I don't know their name because it's not listed on their Instagram, but Beantown Life is their handle. They responded to our story. We were talking about what are some of people's like favorite movies from 2019. And then, of course, we messaged back because we try to reach out to everybody who uh, you know corresponds with us. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just got to read at least some of this because I don't want to read like anything where it's just like, you guys are awesome. He didn't say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> You guys are the best. <laughs> his, his his message was literally, "I love you." I'm yeah, getting think, a tattoo of your face. Yeah, <laughs> I bought the T-shirt so that my tattoo artist can <laughs> have, a yeah, have a reference. Yeah, have a reference. Getting a chest piece <laughs> <laughs> and a back piece, <laughs> and we're paying for it. <laughs> no, not doing that. Maybe if it's black and white, and if you use my tattoo guy. But uh, specifically, there's some phrasing that I really wanted to repeat and shout out because it's it's awesome. And this is why everyone else needs to step their game up when they talk to us. This is the type of level you need to be at. But he said, uh, so it is a competition. It is a competition. He said, hit me up next time you're stomping swampies in Murray Hill. <laughs> I love that stomping swampies. I laughed so hard, like legit out loud laughter it was funny because uh i was reading the message like as it came in yeah. and while i was reading it you messaged me and you were like you need to read this and i was already yeah. doing yeah <laughs> stomping swampies man i would love to <laughs> how about this if we do if we do come up to boston for any reason we'll reach out to you first rounds on us Oh, okay. There you just go. for stomping swampies. Yeah. Just for that term. I honestly want to make that a t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> just a picture of like just some regular person, like a boot stepping on their head. <laughs> stomping and then like on the sole of the boot says two dudes movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> stomping swampies since 2019. 18. 18. 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Technically. Well, we didn't start releasing episodes till 2019, okay, okay. even though we recorded them in late 2018. Yeah. But you know, that was... Again, we've been getting a lot of messages from people. It's been really cool. That was yeah. that was a particularly awesome message, though. Easily the number one message we've ever received since we're in a mood to rank stuff so much on this show. We love ranking. We love ranking things, and there's nothing for us to rank on this episode, but there is something else that we need to do. What's that? Or should I say, it's not something we need to do so much as it's something we need to go to. Oh. A place. Oh. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this at all. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I'm actually very comfortable. I have degraded into full-blown coming to your house in my PJs now. Yeah. We have entered a level of uh, comfortability that no friendship should go to. <laughs> I just come to hang out with you in my PJs. <laughs> and well, Where and, are we going, though? <laughs> oh, we're going to the trailer park. <laughs> stupid i had to get it back on track thank you yes somebody needs to be steering this ship i i saw that we were going a different course so i manipulated time and brought time back to where it was supposed to be what time is it it's time to talk about 10 it brah oh i was really hoping you're gonna go it's 10 it 
o'clock. Why would I say that? It's dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> right before the anniversary. We don't even make it to our anniversary. <laughs> Over something as small as that. Yeah, that's all it was. Out of all the jokes that we could have called each you, other out on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's definitely been worse that we've cut out. Oh, maybe that's something that'll go in the anniversary. It's just a super cut of all the horrible jokes that we have made that I had to cut out. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and by we have made, I mean literally just me making them. <laughs> But yeah, we're talking Tenet. Ah, oh, man. I am so fucking excited. I am, yeah, man. We might just, you know, normally we talk a little bit about the movie before we get into the trailer park. We might just need to get into it right away, but I yeah. I mean, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, man. Back at it again. I um coming to fuck with your head. Yeah, I it's we've talked about a few directors where it's like, "Oh man, this guy comes out with a movie, it's an event." That's a Christopher Nolan movie for sure. I'm s- opening night. Yeah. Opening we, night, biggest oh, loudest Dolby. theater. You got a good yeah. <laughs> I just got chills saying the word Dolby. Just Dolby. knowing what. Well, because all right, so we saw Star Wars, Star Wars at Dolby, and they played the trailer for Tenet. Oh, I miss. I must. You have were in the it. bathroom. Yeah, I, I was when I saw you walk down because we didn't get to sit next to each other when we saw that movie. I'm actually. You just pissed me off that I missed it in Dolby. Dude, I so anytime I'm at the movies while the trailers are playing, my head's down in my notebook and I start my notes. Like there's some things that I write in my notebook just for me to like keep track of details. I usually write like what screening I went to, the date, time, runtime of the movie, rating, all that. But that trailer came on and I immediately like perked my head up and put everything down and just sat back and watched it. Dude, you put your hands under your ass. I put my hands. Spread your butt cheeks apart. (laughs) Yup. And I just started popping popcorn up there. (laughs) uncooked i'm <laughs> and then by the end of the trailer it just it was, was all like, cooked yeah <laughs> oh man yeah no, no. but it, it even the trailer in dolby was like jizz in my pants dude we should just probably just put this on but i've i watched this trailer on my phone and i get chills watching it dude yeah put it on right now <laughs> it's just like the most excited we've been about a trailer probably <laughs> i mean it's a really good trailer it is really good. We all believe we've run into the burning building. But until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues. I like the music. It's the composer from Mandalorian. And Black, oh, really? And Black Panther, yeah. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. There he is. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. That's uh, Denzel Washington's son, right? Yeah, from uh, Black Panther and stuff. I'm, I'm so excited for him, too, because he was great in that movie. Yeah, I really like the cast on this. Nuclear Holocaust. What is she in? I recognized her. Um, have to look. I know. I mean, Robert Pattinson's in it. Michael yeah. Caine's in it, obviously. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> like All that. For like, you is yeah, a that's word. so cool. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones too. Stop looking at the world in a new way. This this was this messing with my head when I was watching this the first time. I was like, what 
is happening? Well, you know what this deals with, right? Understand it. More or less. Whoa, oh my god. That's so, <laughs> so cool. cool. <laughs> Feel it. What happened here? Hasn't happened yet. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Comes out on Brand's birthday. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Good for him. I like. I was like, see the trailer in theaters for maximum effect. That was also cool. The trailer that came up before this, you can only see in theaters. Yeah, the teaser. Yeah, where he's just looking through the bullet holes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was dope. That was enough to kind of get me intrigued and excited. I was like, what is this even going to be? Yeah. So I mean, they've said that this movie has a time travel aspect to it. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily time travel. I think it's looks like it's like time manipulation. Yeah. Like you can it looks like they're rewinding time in certain moments of time while their time is going forward. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> they're existing in forward time while everything else is existing in reverse. Reverse, yeah, which is awesome. But that's Yeah. You know what's crazy? Uh Christopher Nolan said this is his most ambitious movie ever. Yeah, I believe it. Cause How? <laughs> he, he did Inception, Inception and in Interstellar. Interstellar. <laughs> this is the most ambitious. But you know what? That makes sense because wouldn't you want to step it up? Also, Christopher Nolan loves time. Yeah. Just as a concept. Well, like, like I feel like if you go see a Christopher Nolan movie, you know that in some way it's going to be probably a head fucker. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, almost everything he does is sci-fi to an extent, too. You know? Yeah. That's actually something that like I wanted to mention about this. We haven't gotten a really good sci-fi movie probably since Blade Runner 2049. Um, Annihilation? Uh, Annihilation came out before. No, Blade Annihilation Runner. was 2018, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Goddamn right. I'm yeah, right. no, you're right. But still, like, this year, yeah. 2019, we didn't get a we didn't get a good sci-fi movie 2019. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate? We didn't get a good sci-fi movie in 2019. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah, man, that sucks. I wish we did. Yeah, that's, I love sci-fi. I like this year a lot, but that's my biggest gripe about it. Is my favorite genre didn't really get a good movie. <laughs> no representation. Yeah, but yeah, this it looks so cool. I love the music on it. The music just gets me hyped. Yeah, and we've already like talked about good time and stuff with the Safety Brothers, but we love Robert Pattinson and the Lighthouse. Yeah, so really cool to see him in this. It's gonna be really trippy. Oh, definitely. Oh, by the way, um, that actress that's Elizabeth uh, Debicki. She mm -hmm. was in Guardians of the Galaxy two. I think she plays the the gold antagonist. No, that's not what I. That's not what I'm recognizing her from. It's definitely something something else. I think I think she's also in the Clover. What was it? The second the Cloverfield paradox? No, that was the third one. She was in that movie. No, I feel like she was. Um... I mean, she's been in a bunch of like movies, but she's small. Like The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio, she was in. Oh no no no! Not that not that woman. Different woman. The the doctor. Oh, in, we're in we're talking about different people. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like we're talking about totally different people. She's in Harry Potter. Yes, she is in she, Harry Potter. She plays Fleur. Fleur Got Delcour. It. <laughs> Got it. That's exactly what it is. Nice. I'm glad I figured it out with no help. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks to you. But yeah, I even even the title card to this movie, I I like dig. Yeah, half of it upside down. I feel like I'm not even gonna get into like theories about the movie though, because it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and yeah. it's it's gonna mess with your brain when you go see it. And I'm sure we're gonna get another trailer because this doesn't come out till July, but I'm sure we're gonna get another trailer that maybe gives you a little bit more insight. But they've described this as basically like spy movie meets time travel, like international espionage and time manipulation. That's so cool. Yeah. 
So I'm all about that. Yeah. There's literally nothing else they could show me to make me more excited for this movie. Yeah. Same. I saw this trailer and I screamed. (laughs) (laughs) For ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The car flipping itself back over. Seeing though. Yeah. So cool. cool. I want to see though, like, I'm sure it'll be on the Blu-ray or whatever, but I wonder if they'll ever put out something like leading up to the movie on how they did some of these effects. Oh, yeah. If they did it and then just like rewound it or whatever. But the way Christopher Nolan shoots certain things, I've always been fascinated with. Because like even when they flipped the truck in The Dark Knight, they actually flipped a real truck. Yeah. They like built like a hydraulic like mechanism under and, it. And, and they blew up it. a building for the, the yeah. hospital thing with mm-hmm. Joker. So I, I mean, he always pushes the boundaries. Even, you know... And that's the thing. He likes to use a lot of like real, you know, set pieces and stuff like that. Uh, n- not a ton of CGI. You know, in Dunkirk, when there's the scenes where he's got like all the army out on the beach. Yeah. It wasn't a CG army, but they also couldn't get that many people. So they're actually cardboard cutouts. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, nobody like makes movies the way that he does. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited for it. I'm also curious what the afterlife type thing is. Like, is there actually, is it actually an afterlife or is it like a metaphor for like, you're part of this like agency yeah. or something like that now? You're dead to the world now. You're, you're one of us. Yeah. Men in black style. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just can't wait for July, man. Yeah. Another reason you should check out our anniversary episode. We're talking about our most anticipated movies of 2020. I think there's a good chance this is on both our lists for our top five most yeah, anticipated probably. 2020. Probably somewhere on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you got anything else you want to say? I don't. Let's get the fuck out of here before I fucking ruin these pants. (laughs) (laughs) So, to the main event. To the main event. To the the final showdown. Final countdown. (laughs) Adam Sandler. (laughs) He's got an opal. (laughs) (laughs) He likes the Celtics. (laughs) It's a gambling addict. <laughs> we just really annoyingly sing the the plot of the movie. He fights the weekend. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like the days Saturday no, no. and Sunday. No, the weekend. Yeah. But yeah, we're talking uncut gems, obviously, and I think for both of us, this is one of our most anticipated movies for this year. Yeah, definitely. I think once the trailer dropped, we were both sold. Yeah. And this only had one trailer, I think. Yeah, I think so. Like they just keep playing the same exact trailer yeah. over and over. But I I was really intrigued. I loved Good Time. But I think that's a great movie. I also have told people I think this is a good thing to know. You might want to watch Good Time before you see this. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of correlations, not so much in the well, actually, I guess in the storytelling, but Style-wise, though. Yeah, I mean, style. I mean, it makes sense. It's the same people, but yeah. This is actually their fourth feature-length movie. Really? Yeah. So that's why I said, like, there's a few movies I want to see. I haven't seen Heaven Knows What. That was one that came out, I think, in 2014. And then they came out with one called uh, Go Get Some Rosemary, which that movie has... I'm pretty sure the lead is Ronald Bronstein, and he's the writer on good time and this movie along with the Safdie brothers. Oh, interesting. So it's like, they've got like a tight knit group of people who are all directors and writers and actors basically Yeah. because the, the brother in good time was Benny Safdie. Oh really? Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So like, even like they act in some of their own movies, but I've, I've told a few people at work who aren't like film junkies. Like you might want to like watch this and make sure you like it before you go see uncut gems because 
they have a lot of similarities in how they're shot and the tone that you're going to get and stuff like that. So. Yeah. It's a really good tell for what you're walking into. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, the Safety Brothers are, they're one of a kind, man. Yeah. And it's cool. Well, I guess they're two of a kind because there's two of them. No, they're one of a kind. <laughs> them as a collective, one of a kind. Them individually, two of a kind. Mm-hmm. It's cool, though, that they, they, they're actually one of those few that can actually be called, like, the Safety Brothers, like, on a movie. Like, they have a directing uh, rapport. Yeah, so, so are the Russos do, too, though. They both... Yeah, 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 yeah. like, it's like, there's, but there's not many. It's like the Wachowskis, you know, the Russo brothers, the Safety brothers. Like, there's there's not a lot, because you have to... You have to establish precedent that you... You work, work together. together. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I like that. I think it's cool. Yeah. They're the director on this. They're also writers on it. I said Ronald Bronstein's also the writer on this. Before I even get into the cast, I feel like I should give a shout out to the casting director, which we've never done on the show, but people who cast for these movies, like Good Time, yeah. they've got such a good eye for like obscure casting mm-hmm. because they brought in Robert Pattinson for Good Time, which I think at the time of that, everyone was like, why cast yeah. him Twilight Man? Well, Robert Pattinson actually reached out to them. Oh, really? I, I didn't s- know that. Yeah, I saw them talk about it in an interview, and they were just like, we just got an email one day, not from his agent, not from a manager or anything. He tracked us down and was like, whatever you're making next, I want to be in it. Oh, that's Because apparently really cool. he saw one of those earlier films. Yeah. And even they were just like, Robert Pattinson watched one of our movies and <laughs> liked it. And now he wants to work with us. So he was like always going to be in good time. Apparently, oh, That's like, cool. So I thought that that was just really cool. Robert, Robert Pattinson was just like, I love your work. I have to be in the next thing that you make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Jennifer uh, Venditti is the one of the casting uh, directors on this movie. Yeah. She was the casting director on Good Time. Okay. Also Honey Boy this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Francine Maisler, I think is how you pronounce her last name. But, I mean, just listen to this, like, career. This year, Little Women, Uncut Gems, Marriage Story. Wow. Blade Runner 2049, Baby Driver. Oh, my God. Arrival, The Revenant, Creed, (laughs) Ex Machina, Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, Tropic Thunder, Moneyball, Big Short, and she's the casting director on Dune for next year. That's nuts. Yeah. That is quite a record. Yeah, it's a absurd. Yeah. <laughs> like, so actually, and she was also the casting director on the Mayorwitz stories, which had Adam Sandler in it. Yeah. So I was like thinking about it. And I was like, man, because there's some really cool casting choices in this movie. So I looked it up because I was like, why would you cast these people? Right. But yeah, so I mean, Adam Sandler, we've talked. He's the lead. I'm sure you've heard about him already because he was getting hyped up for this movie for months in advance. Yeah. But he plays Howard. Do you wish that Adam Sandler did more movies like this? That's the thing is, I don't know if there are any movies like this. Well, like, I was going to say, like, more serious movies. Because he did, like, you know, Punch Drunk Love and the Meriwet stories and Spanglish and stuff like that. Like, yeah, and those are generally well-received. Mm-hmm. Like, all of them well, well-received. Like, he has those, and then he's got, like, Zohan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, and Zohan's not even the worst of Pixels. The, yeah, of modern stuff. Grown-ups, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, because clearly his style of comedy doesn't work anymore, so maybe he should do more dramatic stuff, and there are a lot of... Well, I shouldn't say there are a lot. It's it's hard for some comedic actors to make that transition into dramatic film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Carrey's one who can do it. He just doesn't do a lot of movies yeah. too much anymore. He's real particular about what he chooses. That's why he's going to be in the Sonic, Sonic. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But like you look at Truman's show, that was amazing. And, yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure there's other examples. Me, myself, and Irene, or like, um, um. Well, that's not. No, no. But I was gonna say, um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless, Spotless yeah, Mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one's really good. So, and I mean, yeah, like like you said, there he has shown in the past that he can do dramatic stuff. Even funny people. I know a lot of people. No, I like funny people. I love that movie. I think a lot of people give it shit because like it's kind of long and it's not very funny, but it's not supposed to be. Yeah. But he's he's great in that, mm-hmm. and he plays a very real character, and yeah. he has like some really sad, honest moments. And I think he needs to stop doing movies from his own studio. Yeah, Happy Madison needs to shut down, and he needs to work with other people who can tell him to put on real human clothes and actually <laughs> real human clothes. Yeah, and actually try to do the work. Yeah, yeah. Because when he's when he's making a Happy Madison film, it's just him and his friends goofing around. And he doesn't care about what the end result of the Shooting movie is. Shooting hoops and basketball shorts. Yeah. I actually looked it up. The Ridiculous Six that came out on Netflix yeah. has a 0%. Awesome. <laughs> I believe it. I started that movie when it came out, and yeah, I turned it off, it off yeah, like 10 minutes too. later. I was mm-hmm. like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, I mean, I wish that he would do more you know, more movies like this, because uh, one, he was, he was really good in this, and two, uh, his other stuff doesn't work really that much anymore, so why not try and you know yeah bring yourself back in the limelight because he was huge back in the day and you know this is kind of a coming out party a little bit for him. everyone's kind of like whoa yeah. adam sandler man julia fox is her feature film debut she plays his like girlfriend i guess julia okay. adina menzel she plays his wife probably know her from frozen she's blowing up right now yeah every song that frozen comes out. and her name being mispronounced by john travolta <laughs> what did he how did he say it oh you don't remember that when no. that happened like she, he like introduced her for singing uh, that song at like an award show, and it was like a, it might have even been the Oscars, maybe it was a Golden Globes or something like that. But like he butchered her name, <laughs> like called her like Medea Adele or something like that. Oh jeez! Like, <laughs> but I think it was worse. But that was like a big. He was big like meme Cuba Gooding Jr. Crazy. Lakeith Stanfield is in this movie, though. Love him. I, yeah, man. I really like him. He keeps him. popping up and stuff, and it's great every well, time. Yeah, he was in Knives Out like, yeah, a few months ago. Yeah, we just recently talked about him. not even a few months ago. Eric Bogosian, he plays Arno. And then, yeah, like I was talking about obscure casting. Kevin Garnett is in this movie playing himself. Yeah. I would hope an exaggerated version of himself, because he's kind of a dick in this. Yeah. But I was going to say, uh, I w- assume that he would only be in a few scenes. Yeah, he's like he's pretty important to this movie. Like he's he's in a lot of scenes. Actually, he's the driving force of the of the movie. Yeah, and then these two people are just like in a few moments, but like they cast the weekend to be in it. And yeah, the weekend is just playing himself. It seemed more like a thing where it's like, hey, we'll just get you in the movie because you're popular, maybe like yeah, or maybe. popular at that time. But Mike Frances is in this movie, and that was just way off the board. Okay, like he's on WFAN radio. Guy? Yeah, he was the one taking the bets from him. And that one, I was just like, how did that even come about? Like, I don't know. But he was, the two scenes he's in, I really liked him. And I was like, surprised. Yeah. Because I actually don't like him at all on his show. Oh, really? (laughs) No. (laughs) But, you know, the cast, uh, you know, really cool cast. This isn't like a star-studded cast, but it's definitely like really unique and cool. Yeah. Did you notice, too, when the opening credits were going, uh, Martin Scorsese was an executive producer on this? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, I caught that and I was like, whoa. I mean, it doesn't mean that he really had any word on the 
actual production. The executive producer generally just means like they're funding it. Yeah. Or they're funding it in part with like other people. Mm-hmm. But I saw that and I was just like, okay, that's a pretty solid cosign to have. Yeah. That's that's a really big cosign. And, to and have. especially that they're only f- at you know, at the time before it was released, they only had three feature films and now Martin Scorsese's like, Yeah, I trust that you guys can make a movie. I'm gonna Yeah. I'm gonna put in some money on this. Mm-hmm. This Adam Sandler film that you're making, I'm gonna throw some money at that. <laughs> Even the the first uh like few moments of this movie though, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna like this. Yeah, like was, dude, this, the score like right away. The score, yeah, I mean, very it, similar to Good Time. I was mm-hmm. wondering, I, I, do you think it's the same person? I didn't S- look it up. Same composer. Yeah, I have a feeling it is because all their movies they got like this like electronic neon like eighties like, yeah vibe, but they're it's really cool sounding and like especially the way this movie starts up, it's it kind of like moves through a gemstone. Like figuratively, I guess, or whatever. I don't know how it actually worked, like yeah. what their intent was, but it's like super trippy and it's like different colors and stuff. And then literally it goes through this gem and then comes out of Adam Sandler's ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really and I was, does. And I was like, this movie's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, what better way to start a movie than inside of Adam Sandler's butthole? <laughs> Which is funny because that's where most of his movies reside in his own asshole. But this one's special. Yeah, it is special. This one's uncut. <laughs> but you know, the score the score is almost as much of a character in this movie. I really liked it. And then the way they use the camera is also like almost another character in it. And that's that's been you know constant through all their movies. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Should we just talk about the acting right off the top? Because I think yeah. that's basically the thing that everyone's talking about a lot. Yeah, he's already getting a lot of talk. I think this thing has like a crazy number of Golden Globes nominations and stuff. Like this, I think, is going to be a strong contender for a couple of categories for the Academy Awards. Definitely lead actor. Yeah. And I would also say screenwriting. Yeah. Like original screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Possibly sound editing. You think so? Yeah, because they do a cool thing with this movie, and it definitely has a purpose. It'll probably bother some people, but there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are that are in very tight, close quarter spaces. Yeah, and a lot of crosstalk too. Yeah, they love crosstalk. And the movie is it goes at a pace where it's it's very like hectic throughout the whole movie, dude. And <laughs> yeah, and it was funny. I was actually talking to people after the movie, and they were like, yeah, I was getting like anxiety watching it, like because it was it was so claustrophobic, so, so much stuff. But the reason I said the camera, they don't really give you many wide shots. They they give you a lot of close ups, and it's a lot of close ups like through rooms and stuff like that, where it's bouncing between characters. And if they are giving you a wide, it's usually like a city street where there's like characters or like people like walking like through the foreground and background. So it yeah. it feels claustrophobic. But what I was saying about the sound is that normally a, like a sound editor would like drown out the background noise and like just make it so you can hear like your two characters. Yeah. They just leave everything at the same level to make it feel as hectic as possible. And you really have to try and listen to your main characters because like everybody's talking over each other. I know. I loved that because not only does it it build that anxious feeling in you because as watching film, you're not used to seeing and hearing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're not used to it being as tight quarters. I think that just speaks to the Safdie brothers ability to capture New York city yeah. in the realest way, not in a cinematic way, but in a very raw visceral way. Cause that's exactly how it feels to just 
be tr- basically trapped in New York City all the time because mm-hmm. that's how that's how I felt always and it's like after after a while of living in the city like I wouldn't even want to leave my apartment if I had a day off I'd just stay in my apartment all day because <laughs> like I just didn't want to be around the noise and the people mm-hmm. all the time so it it ramps up your adrenaline and doing that in this movie helps to ramp up your adrenaline and just add to the chaos like I think I wrote down like five different times I'm like this is like the most chaotic movie I think I've ever seen so much chaos like i I just kept chaos i just kept writing it i'm like dude this is intense like jeff goldblum just pops in his chaos theory (laughs) yeah (laughs) just leaves yep (laughs) goodbye all right that was jeff goldblum everybody but yeah man the the way like the the sound was designed in this movie i think chaos is the the right word to describe it either that or like can you be claustrophobic with sound because it it felt that way i felt like smothered by everybody around me like in the movie, I felt like I was in it. Actually, the way the camera works in some scenes, you really do feel like you're in that moment with people. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say, though, with the writing, and this will probably like bounce through a lot of different categories, but I love the writing across the board on this movie. Not only is this such a unique story, but I love how it ties in with real events. Yeah. And I've realized this year, because this is the third time this year where a movie's taken an actual event and built a fictitious story around it with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman. Right. And I've realized that that's something that I really like. like yeah, me too. I thought it was really clever and unique when they did it in, you know, Glorious Bastards and also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But this one right here, I don't know if, if maybe it was because it was the sports or whatever, but it just like. It hit me, man. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. And I didn't, I'm not a big basketball fan, so I didn't know what happened. But the thought that they would re- want to revolve this whole movie that they made up around a basketball game, I thought was just really cool. Yeah. And like a specific basketball game. I wonder if that's kind of like when they were mapping out this movie, if they always knew that it was going to revolve around some game. Because I'm sure the the bit about Adam Sandler being like a gambling addict, because it's a huge part of his character i'm sure that was always there but i wonder if they were kind of like contingent on like well who's going to be in the movie because that might change what kind of what game it is and you know yeah maybe it makes sense that it's basketball because adam sandler loves basketball Mm -hmm. so i think that was also like a really cool thing that there is a deep level of authenticity i mean you got the real basketball player to come on which is awesome movie yeah and he was good in it yeah he's really good in it he was like i was surprised and like He's clearly not just coming on. Then they're just be like, "Hey, just be Kevin Garnett." Mm-hmm. Like he had a script, he had lines, yeah. and he had to play a quote unquote character himself with his own name. That's why I'm saying, like, is he's definitely he's got to be. I really hope he is playing an exaggerated <laughs> version of himself. But like, especially that scene when Adam Sandler shows him because he just got it in, yeah, same day that Kevin Garnett was there, and he shows him the opal. And just like the look in KG's face, like when he's like staring into it and stuff. And then like afterwards, like when he's holding, he's like, I need this. He's like, I want this. He's like, yeah, I have, I have to have this, like Mm -hmm. that intensity that he has in that moment. It's like really cool. I wonder, I wonder if he's someone that'll actually try and do like movies. I don't know. Or if this is just like a one-off thing. Cause he was actually very good in it. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying about like the evolution of the story, I'm really curious when they brought the sports theme into it because I'm pretty sure they said that when they were writing this movie, like when they started it, they they just wanted to do a movie about a 
guy in the Diamond District because I think they had family that worked in the Diamond District, so they were very familiar with like all the shady parts of it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious when in the writing process they actually were like, "Yo, it'd be really cool if we brought in like, you know, a sports event, like some some gambling or something like yeah, that." Yeah, tie it all together. Yeah. Something. Yeah. The one thing I did want to say also about the writing though, Adam Sandler's character is written like perfectly. Oh, dude. The Safties love a shitty protagonist. Yeah. But here's the thing, like, he is the worst character ever. Like he <laughs> yeah. like he is so scummy. He's, he's a terrible worse person than Robert Pattinson in yeah. good time. And he makes out with a 14 year old in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So But he's such a scumbag. He is gambling a money away and he's dumb because oh he, he can't like he makes so many cringy decisions in such a short amount of time even in the beginning of the movie like my skin was crawling when i yeah would just watch him decide to do something you who watch wheels turning in his head at certain moments which is another i mean we'll get to later mm-hmm. but dude so many times i would hear people in the theater not even in an annoying way but just like you couldn't help yourself but be like Come on, oh, man. No. Yeah. And like, I would see people like put their hands up, like, what are you doing? Like, stop, stop, just stop <laughs> what you're doing right now. But you can't stop it. And he just keeps going. It's funny because, yeah, like everything about him you hate, but you also love him. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, so there's... weird because he's such a bad person. Like, you would never want to like even interact with this person. Yeah. And he's not a he's not likable. He's not smart. But like super dishonest. You, you care for whatever reason. You root so hard for him. I, I like, don't know why. I, I think because he keeps like it's so weird because you watch him put himself in a shitty situation, and then. You like feel good if he like gets a win. Yeah. And then you feel so bad strange. if he loses. And like you like he gets away with stuff by the skin of his teeth and it just seems so impossible and I think that's almost what makes him endearing is that like he shouldn't be he shouldn't be getting away with anything but he does somehow and it kind of makes us be like it's almost like an underdog story but like He's the one who buries himself. It's so yeah, he, so strange and he interesting. He is his own worst enemy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to tell me. It's no surprise to me that he's his own worst enemy. <laughs> but I I think it's because they make almost all the characters in the movie also as detestable, possibly more. Yeah. And yeah, nobody's really great. I mean, like his wife, you sympathize with and stuff right, like that because but... you don't see her. You don't see her much, mm-hmm. but you also you have no reason to believe that she is not a good person. Yeah, and the kids too, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, but like everyone else in the movie, you're like, yeah, you're you're a shitty person. You're really a shitty person. Like, yeah. So I think there's enough reason where you're like, maybe I don't really like you, but I don't like. I don't need you to win. I just need Kylo Ren to lose. Oh God. <laughs> But it was so strange because we all left the theater when we saw it. We were like, that guy sucked. I really liked him. Yeah. (laughs) But that's like, that's got you. You need spot on writing to be able to pull that off. They put themselves into a corner and they were like, all right, how do we get out of here? Like just by making a character, making your protagonist such an unlikable person. And then somehow you you did it. Like how do why do I care? Yeah. Why? Adam Sandler, his actual like charisma, I think, also like shines through. Yeah, but you know what's crazy, and I, 
I want to say this. You just saying Adam Sandler reminded me that that's actually Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, sometimes when you see an actor, depending on the role, depending on actually depending on the actor, you it's really hard to take them out of the role. The whole time I watched this movie, I wasn't even thinking Adam Sandler, Shabadi Hoo Hoo, any of that. Yeah, no. I wasn't I I he just became a different person. And I also like that he uses an accent in this movie. Like he acts, he actually acts. He <laughs> acts the fuck out of it. Like he's like, oh, you don't like grownups too? Watch me be a legitimately real, amazing actor. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised if he's not nominated for for best actor. Oh, he I think he should get a nomination. I'm not I don't think he'll win. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on a win. But how crazy would that be like and the and the award goes to Adam Sandler. So when Grown Ups 3 comes out, it'll say from Academy, Academy. Award winner Adam <laughs> Sandler. <laughs> well, oh, I, no, I ruined my pants. <laughs> they I mean, even if he gets nominated, they can do it. They can be a qu- yeah. Academy Award nominee. nominee, you know. I I hope he gets nominated though because this this is actually definitely like top 4, 5 performance of the year by an actor. Yeah. Like there's two I'm I feel super strongly about, but I I would put him in the conversation with like, I mean, I know um, De Niro's getting a lot of love. I thought, I think yeah. he was better than De Niro. Oh, hundred percent. Way better than De Niro. Yeah. Didn't. All right. We, I think we, I don't know if we said it in the Irishman episode or we set it off Mike, but De Niro's not even the best actor in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Sandler though, unless there's more that you want to say about him. I was going to say, did you have another person in this movie that really stood out to you? Honestly, the other person was Kevin Garnett. Like yeah. I already know, I already know I really like Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. And it's not that he didn't bring it in this. I think he is a very necessary fold to this movie, too. And I liked... It's not that I liked his character. I, I liked how his character was written. I didn't necessarily like him as a character, like, as a person, mm-hmm. the character, that is. Yeah. Because he kind of he kind of continually fucks over... Adam Sandler kind of yeah. like gives him a runaround for a lot of it. But Kevin Garnett, like, I think just because of like what we were saying, one wasn't expecting him to be in this movie as much, but I definitely wasn't expecting him to be like as good as he was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause other, you know, there's not, not too deep of a cast in this. Yeah. I was going to say anyone who's not Adam Sandler, like my favorite one, just like favorite on screen was Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. My biggest surprise though is Kevin Garnett. Right. So I was I was really impressed with him. And again, I didn't know he was gonna be in the movie as much as he was. Yeah, the only person who honestly wasn't really I think living up to what everybody else was doing was the girlfriend. See, I actually liked her a lot because this is the first time she's been in like a feature film. Yeah. So I was I was still pretty impressed with her. I didn't dislike her, but I just didn't I didn't think it was uh I don't think she was really adding anything to the pot. I think that she played like the obsessed, like, like needy girlfriend really well. And it's funny because like she makes decisions that you're like, why are you doing that? That's really fucking stupid. But then you're like, yeah, she's just like obsessed with this guy. And like, and he's I the think worst. Likes his mon- yeah. Which is also 
so I'll say this. I think it goes more to the writing than it does necessarily the acting for her is that she's the only person who's actually rooting for Howard. She's yeah. the only person mm-hmm. who has his back throughout the movie. Yeah. But she also makes terrible decisions. So like she's <laughs> not the best person to have on your side either. Yeah. Because she's not really doing the right thing for for herself and for him. Also, full disclosure, I never want to hear Adam Sandler say, oh, I'm going to come ever <laughs> oh, yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> when he's, that was when he's in the closet, right? Oh, no, no. That was when he was... Uh... Well, dude, the closet scene was making... So, I can feel people in the theater like kind of like... Tensing up. Yeah, clenching their coats. Yeah. Like, that that was a cool scene. I actually really like that. But no, like I think when he's like, I, when I think he, he's like when he's looking a, at the jewel. Yeah, yeah. When he's looking at the jewel, mm-hmm. and the guy's like talking to him, he's like, I, "I mean it, Howard. I could just go to any other diamond shop in here," and he's just not listening. Yeah. But then again, that scene sets up, you know, the importance of this gem for him, but also just how self centered, and you know, just oblivious Howard is to anybody else's needs. I think that's a really a really good way of framing his motives mm-hmm. in just that one scene when that guy's just talking to him and he's just like doesn't even hear him and he just looks up at him and goes, oh, I'm gonna fucking come. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I never want to hear you say that, that again. again. <laughs> There's multiple times where he where you're just like, you have zero regard for anybody but yourself. Cause like oh dude. He's a dick to his his daughter. He's a dick to his like basically his entire family. Yeah. Um the part with his was that his uh father-in-law or to remember who that was the guy uh, that basically he's like here put down like two hundred thousand oh, dollars yeah on this. dude oh what a what a shit bag adam sandler is <laughs> yeah he just clearly doesn't give a fuck about anybody yeah such a sack of shit <laughs> yeah he's, again he's one of the most like detestable characters i've seen all year but i, I love them should we get into a little bit of spoilers because there's some stuff that like I want to talk about, but yeah, let's let's blow the doors open. It's about that time. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Woo woo woo. Spoiler alert. So I'm gonna say you this. drop for the double deuce. <laughs> Did we do that? That might be cool. I don't That'd know. Cool. Um, I was gonna say though, this movie has one of my favorite sequences of any movie this year. Yeah, it's probably top five. Just the climax of this movie oh, is just amazing. Yeah. And it was so good that I don't wanna be I don't wanna be like dramatic and be like, I had an out of body experience, but like literally it was so good that I actually like I pulled myself out of watching the movie for a second and I thought to myself, I was just like, This is amazing. Yeah. And then I just went back to watching it. I was like, This is so good because there's this sequence that goes on the last maybe ten minutes of the movie and you feel tension, mm-hmm. joy, like laughter, yeah. Then just like sadness and disgust, all in the span of like ten minutes. Yeah, whatever. if that. Yeah, like, dude. And there's the one moment that people have been talking about. The whole theater audibly gasped. I like startled. I jumped. Yeah. And yet I heard people gasping, and people were like, <gasps> like shook. Yeah. I just wrote down. Everyone is shook. Yeah. Brandon was sitting two seats down from me, and when it happened, he just went, ooh. <laughs> like, like, didn't know how to react. Dude, my last note is just all caps, holy fuck, like six exclamation points. He finally won one. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> to spoil the ending now, the whole thing is, dude, also, even the scene before, I guess if you want to count this as the kickoff to the climax, but like when he's in the office and KG is finally buying the stone from him, mm-hmm. holy shit. When, when that whole thing is going down and he's talking to Kevin Garnett about, you know, how much he got the, the opal for, he's like, he doesn't want to tell him and stuff like that was like a really intense scene. But then watching him get all fired up and like watching the wheels turn in his head as he's talking to KG and he's just like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to bet this all on you. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He, he, and he's like getting all like, you mm-hmm. see everything coming together for him. When that happened, I'm like, no. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I, there was a lady sitting two seats down for me, and she was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, she was so frustrated with him. <laughs> she like, I can tell she wanted to smack the shit out of him. She like, I saw her hands like reaching out, like, "Oh, what are you doing? I'll kill you!" <laughs> yeah, like he makes all of the bad decisions. Every bad decision you can make, he does. It's like whatever the opposite of Murphy's law is. Like Murphy's <laughs> law is whatever bad can happen will happen. Yeah. His is whatever bad idea he can have, he will have and see till the end. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, he like sneaks the money out the window because the other thing is that, you know, the guys are outside to collect. They're just waiting outside the office with KG. Mm-hmm. And uh, he throws, brings the bag out the window to his, to his girlfriend slash, uh, I guess, you know, sales associate at the diamond store. Yeah. And she she goes off to fucking I don't, I don't remember one of one of the casinos in like Connecticut or something, and places a bet for him. Also, just real quick, yeah, it's cool that they like used like that could have been a real bet. Yeah, and like I've never gambled on basketball. I don't know how like certain things work, but I understood it in this movie. Right, they like yeah. do a great job of basically being like this needs to happen for me to win money. So you're actually like I don't know sports gambling, but I know what needs to happen. So like they right. did a great job of actually like. Explaining with it. not giving you any exposition, really just being like explaining it to you because he through the dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah, so that was very that was smart. Yeah, but dude, that moment was just fucking nail biter. So then he basically goes out and has to face uh, was Arno, right? Yeah, and be like, I don't have the money. Like he's he's going to get, it. he's going to come back, or whatever. He's like, I placed a bet, and they're like, Are you? He's like, Are you fucking serious? Like nobody can put up with this guy anymore. Yeah. And then they're trying to leave and then uh the little thing falls out of the door, so they get locked in between the two glass doors. Yeah, for the jewelry shop and yeah. then to the outside and he won't buzz them out. He's just like he's like, I can't do that. He's like, You just gotta sit and he makes them sit there while he watches the game that he bet their money on. Mm-hmm. Dude, what a what a twisted scene. Yeah. Too. And he's like getting all amped. But while he was watching the game, like my adrenaline was pumping. Oh, yeah. Like when when KG's shooting the free throws, I was like edge of my seat. Like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Yeah, I was again. That's one of the most tense scenes, I think, of the year. And not even just that, like so many emotions go through you the whole time because there's a bunch of funny moments in that part. Like the one part I don't even remember. He says something like, are you having fun? And he just goes, yes. 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 Like, and then the one part this actually made me laugh really hard the loudest I laughed in the movie was they cut to the locker room and you hear the coach and he's like look at KG and they just show him and he's huddled over his rock yeah and he's just <laughs> holding it there look were a at KG few, over here there are a few really good laughs in this movie I wasn't expecting but yeah, but yeah dude that whole and then oh man so yeah so I mean I mean you want to just spill, spill yeah. the beans on it so spill yeah the beans. He, he basically he 
everything that needs to happen for him to win this bet. And if he wins the bet, he wins like one point three million dollars. Right. So like, so he could settle his debt with Arno. Yeah, who's he, also locked in the room right now. Yeah, he can settle his debt. He can pay back his like family member. Like he can actually like he'll have a shit ton of money now. And he, I mean, I don't know if he was He'll actually going to gamble at all. I was going to say, I don't know if he was actually going to take his girlfriend on a vacation. He was probably just telling her that. But still, like, I felt so happy for him. And he wins it. He and you finally wins yeah, one. Yeah, he wins it. And you're. And even Arno is happy for him. Yeah. But you're like, you're so ecstatic for him. You're so happy. And then he lets them out. And the guy, with no warning that this is going to happen, just shoots him dead right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's loud and so sudden. And people, like, I was and like, you don't see the guy pull the gun up or anything. It's literally just Adam Sandler, and then all of a sudden, bang! Yeah. Bullet hole in his face, and he yeah. drops dead. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my god! Yeah. And it's like a crazy way, because that whole scene happens, and you're shook. Like, yeah. I was shook. And then the one guy is basically like, we need to get out of here. And then he kills the other guy, too. Yeah, he kills his boss, Arno. Yeah. And he's just like, what are you doing? Like, he just, want, we, we, I could have got my money. Mm-hmm. Like you, After all that, and then he's pissed at him, and then, yeah, then he kills his boss, and they rob the jewelry store. Yeah. And they get the fuck out of there. And that's basically, I know some people are not happy with how the movie ended. I, it's the only way it could have ended. I was, I was going to say, I told Brandon this because he hasn't seen Good Time. And again, another reason why I think it's important for people to see good time is I think you'll know how the ending is going to play out to some degree. Cause I was sitting in my chair. I'm like, there's like three things that's going to happen. Either he's going to get killed. Yep. Either he's going to lose the bet and he's going to kill himself or they're going to like kill his girlfriend and steal his money that way. Like something like I was like, there's no something dark. There's no scenario where he wins this money and it's, it's happy because he is a shitty character and that's just how this is going to end. Yeah. And so I was expecting something to happen. And even then I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen. But there you go, because it's just the same way we're explaining it where it's like, He's such a shitty character, but you kind of like him. Mm-hmm. In a normal movie, you would have a protagonist who you like, and when something bad happens to him, you feel bad. And then when he wins at the end, you feel good. In this, you have a shitty protagonist who you do actually like, so you want him to win. But when he loses, that is justice because he's such a shitbag. But now we like this shitbag that when he... <laughs> When he wins and then gets killed, you actually feel bad that he got killed, but he actually got what he deserved. deserved. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a twisting of what you would consider quote unquote traditional storytelling or traditional, I guess, like just characters. Yeah, it's so fucking brilliant. I mean, that does go back to the writing, but just to be able to flip the script on what we expect of what is a main character, what is a, like a story arc for that character, what does a happy ending even mean? Because mm-hmm. if he did just win the money and go off into the sunset with his girlfriend, I think in the moment we'd be like, ah, oh, good for him. But then after reflecting on it, you'd be like, but he he like what I don't abandoned that, his family like he did like what like there was no way that he could end this movie on the up. I was gonna say I don't think the, the movie would have resonated with me or other people as well if that happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I think it would have just felt like just like a like oh that was a that was a nice feel like the underdog got what he what he you know yeah good for him but like this was more authentic and 
shocking visceral it, yeah visceral that's and that's the thing a lot of people say the safety brothers movies are like hyper realistic like that's what it felt like it was it was visceral for sure yeah the only like thing that like because i actually tried to think of like a few negatives for something I, I was actually just gonna ask you could you come up with any they're not even really negatives they're more nitpicks of like something that maybe i would have liked this to have been a thing yeah the ending has a little bit of ambiguity to it right and I would have maybe liked a little bit more clarity to maybe what happens to characters after this. Because, like, there's a few th- things I'm like, so did did the people that kill him, did they get what they deserve? Like, did, did they ever get caught by the cops? Or oh, like, I don't mind their story not being wrapped up. I was going to say... I'm curious or, about the girlfriend. I was going to say, did the girlfriend get the money? Did the girlfriend get killed? Like, Well, she got the money. Well, she got the money, but who knows if she ever made it. Like, Yeah. Because she may have gone back to the, the jewelry store and he was dead. Right. Or she went back to... The apartment. condo, and then yeah. you know, maybe. So I don't know. I would have liked to have known that, or even if like the girl found his dead body and then brought the money back to his wife, or something. I don't know. Even if she got the money, was driving driving away, and then like cuts to like she's coming home to the apartment with it, but then like somebody's in there waiting for her, and then same thing, just opens the door. All you see is her. She drops the bags, looks up, pop right in the face, and then you just see the back of somebody walk out the door with the door open. That's how the movie ends. I mean, maybe yeah. I would just would they have just liked both got killed. I would have liked to have known what happened just to the the money because anything because like, I want that money. <laughs> I I would have liked the money. What I thought might have been cool was actually if she like went back to the jewelry store and he was dead or found out, and then she just took the money and like went on her own way. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's not even a net, nitpick though because I was satisfied with the ending. That yeah. was just one thing where I was like, maybe maybe you could have wrapped up a few loose ends here. Dude, there's been quite a few movies just in general in life, but in recent watching where I'm enjoying the movie and then the ending comes and I'm just like, Oh man, that really didn't stick the landing. I feel like we did this in a, in a review recently where we were like, Oh, that ending just really didn't stick the landing. This was, I wouldn't say the exact opposite. Cause it's not like I wasn't enjoying it before, but like watching this movie, it's good. It's good. It's good. And then that ending happened and I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Like this mm-hmm. is so like the ending one, sells it for me. It's one of the best endings i've seen all year yeah that's another thing like i was enjoying the movie three throughout and i was i was locked in the whole time but i feel like at times it meanders a little bit with what the direction is but the ending is really what brings everything together and yeah it's your huge payoff in the movie yeah there's like late first act early second act stuff where it is it gets kind of like not confusing but it's just not clear what the through line is gonna yeah, be like during like the play part where he gets like driven away and they take his clothes and put him like yeah during that stuff i was kind of like where where's this going you yeah. know but it was interesting as shit when they're at passover and then you find out arno yeah. is actually part of his like they are related by marriage like by mm-hmm. marriage yeah mm-hmm. i was like oh shit that's arno <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> but yeah man uh i don't know if you have anything else i I really love this movie. Yeah, well, let's find out what the critics thought. Let's find out what the audience thought. Give me the tomato tomato. Now, I just want you to not have anything to throw because something might upset you here. Tomato tomato. The critics, they're bringing this in at a 92%. All right. A minus. Not bad. The audience, Mm -hmm. tomato, 52. No. Yeah. No. 52. 52? Let me yeah. see it. Oh, my God. 52? <laughs> you know why that is? When I was walking out of the theater, I heard behind me 
that wasn't very funny. I thought it was going to be like an Adam Sandler comedy. Oh, from and it was like this. I say kid, but he was probably like, he looked like college age. Like he's no older than twenty, no way older than twenty, and with like three friends. And he said that, and he was walking behind. Like they were all walking behind me, and I turned back and was just like. <laughs> But he saw my face and I looked dead in his eyes and I just gave him a stink face like, you fucking idiot. Watch a, watch one trailer Yeah, and tell me, like, so you just walked into a movie blind because you saw Adam Sandler? That means that in 2019, you thought to yourself, it's Adam Sandler in a comedy. I know for recent movies that that's going to be good. <laughs> No wonder the audience has this so low. <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> it's like, you're the fucking dumbass who was like, Pixels was awesome. I will see anything Adam Sandler is in <laughs> yeah. in modern times, especially comedy. And you go and see a, mo- a real film, a good movie, and you're like, oh, I didn't really laugh a lot. I wonder why. Tomato, you schmucks. <laughs> Tomato. Yeah. Fucking idiots. What's your grade? Well, I gave it an F. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? My grade is it's tough because I flip-flopped between two a number of times. Mm-hmm. I feel like the ending pushes the grade up to an A plus, but for some reason I'm like sitting on an A right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I'm just going to stick with A because it was like my knee-jerk reaction from first viewing. I would love to watch this again. Do you want to know something weird? What? I was basically going to say the same thing. <laughs> really? Are yeah. you going with A? I'm going with an A, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm going tomato. I'm going A. We've started ranking our movies throughout the whole year, and I got to like this movie, and I still hadn't graded it yet. And in my head, I was like, that's an A. And then I thought about it, and I was like, man i really love it and then i was like maybe it's an a plus and then i was in my head i was like maybe i'll see how sky feels about it and then like and then and then like, i was like i was like maybe if he like he can convince me more and more why because there's really not that many negatives on it i just feel like the beginning half of it or not even the beginning half but there's parts where it feels like it meanders a little bit and that's the only reason why it's not perfect but yeah the ending is so strong it's one of the strongest endings of the year for any yeah. movie i think that's why and, like it almost made it an a plus for me like just mm-hmm. the back like third the third act of the movie the entire third act of the movie is like gold. yeah like so, especially like starting from the auction Mm-hmm. And just on, like, the intensity level ramps up so hot and heavy. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going A. I thought about the movies that I've given an A plus to, and I was like, I like them just a tiny bit more. But this is, like, so close on the edge. Like, it could be an A plus tomorrow. Yeah. But, yeah. This, if, because A plus starts, it's like 96 and up, right? Or, like, or 97. It's, it's like and up. 97 or 98. All right. And up, so yeah. if A plus starts at 97, this is a 96. Yeah, this like, is like right on the fucking line for an A plus. Mm-hmm. It's almost perfect. Yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah. This this is one of my favorites for the year. I like yeah. it a lot. It could be it could be a top ten contender. Yeah, for no, the duties. Good. And I will say, you know, we started doing that. I feel a little dirty doing that because there's movies that I love that are getting. They're not going to be on my top ten. Um, there have been so many good movies this year. Yeah, we will talk about that in a couple weeks though. 
But yeah, man, I'm so happy that it's weird that I'm about to say I'm so happy we got to do this movie and it's an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> so happy we got to do an Adam Sandler movie on the podcast. I was so excited, though, when this like showed up because I didn't even know it was showing up. And then I think Ryan texted me and he was like, he was like, yo, uh, actually, no, me and Brianna were trying to think of a movie to go see. And we were like, oh, maybe we'll go see like, you know, Bombshell or something like that. And then I I opened it up the app and it was like Uncut Gems. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, <laughs> I go. need to see it tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would have seen it two days earlier. Both times I went to try and go see it sold out. Yeah. Our theater was pretty packed. I think we had to sit like three rows from the front. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's not that crazy when there's only six rows in the entire theater. Right. Yeah. You're but, still in the middle. But yeah, I mean, usually like you can get seats four or five back. I usually like sitting back a little bit further. Yeah. I generally sit in the second to last row. Yeah. At least for our theater. It's different if we go to like Garden State or Palisades. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. We did it. We did it. Another one for the double deuce. But it's a 2019 movie. Yeah. All yep. our reviews now for the last month have just been like A, A minus, A plus, yeah. A. What a killer. Well, because now there's enough movies out. That, trust me, there are bad movies coming out right now. Cats is getting like fucking roasted. Yeah. And uh, and I think they're, they got the Grudge movie just came out, but that's, that's a 2020 release. But there are movies out right now that are bad. We just don't have to watch them. And there's, it's so nice. There's even movies that are out. Like, it's not like... There's really good movies, and then I are we doing a Little Women episode? Probably. I don't think we are. I don't think we are. I am very interested in seeing it though. But Little Women is very good. Yeah, I, I do want to see that. I saw Bombshell. Oh, you did. I think Bombshell is better than the scores it's getting. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was the movie I was trying to see today. But the only movie that actually lined up with what time I got out of work was Cats, Cats. and I was like, I'm just gonna go home and take a shower. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't need to. I'm not gonna put myself through it. I've watched like four F grade movies in the last two days. Yeah. So. So I really need a break. I think when Oscars come around, I think there's only gonna be one movie that me and you couldn't get out to see. Uh, what? Which one? Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire doesn't oh, go yeah. wide. It doesn't go wide until like end of February. That's crazy. Yeah. That's foreign film. I think it. I think it is a foreign film. See, I don't know yeah. much about it. I bet you we can find it at Palisades. Palisades always has one screen that's dedicated to foreign, foreign films. films. Maybe they. Maybe they got it. Cause I would like to go see it. Uh, I've heard a lot of people are putting on like their top tens and stuff like that. But it's wow. really good. So it might even be a best picture one. Very cool. And. uh I don't know. That would just bother me if I if I couldn't Didn't see it. See it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, because it'd be hard for us to be authorities on who we think should uh, win certain categories if we haven't seen them. Although last year I gave my my guesses and I'm like, I only saw six movies, so <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I'm like, out of these five movies, which one do you think will win? And you're like, well, I only saw one of them. So, so. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's something else we might do. We might do a special little Oscar episode, or we might just do a recap in another episode. Um, we haven't figured that out yet. I don't know if we're going to do an episode or not, but one idea I thought of that we could do maybe if we don't do an episode, either we say our picks or we don't, or we just fill out what our picks are and then seal them in an envelope and then open them after the Oscars and do a competition with it. Oh, I I, was, I texted you. I was like, we should do like a like a game, like point system for yeah. like correct guesses and different categories are worth different points. And then loser of that game has to buy the other one popcorn the next time we go to the movies. Yeah, I like very that. low stakes. I like that idea though, but I mean, I'm just not sure how we're gonna we're gonna like, execute it yet. 
Yeah, we'll figure it out and we will let you swampies know. But until then, you guys know what the fuck to do. Go to twodudesmoviereviews.com. Hit us up on social media. You can also hit us up on the website. There's a contact thing there. And, uh, you know, like we said earlier in the episode, we love hearing from you guys. We appreciate all of you. Happy to hear you're listening. And if you are listening out there, tell your friends to listen, subscribe, and give us five-star written reviews on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. We love it. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> just do it. Just just do it. Just Come fucking on. Do no it. peer pressure. Yeah, you swampy piece of shit. <laughs> I love when you say that. <laughs> Me too. And, uh, you know, I guess until then. Shabadee-hoo. Shabadee-hoo-hoo. <laughs>